You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Hey, what are you doing? Sitting behind your desk? Traveling in your boring commute? Guess where my friends are right now? Bali. Guess where I'm going on Sunday? Peru. Machu Picchu. Not trying to brag, but if you need new friends, come check out Under 30 Experiences, our travel community for young people. If you were tired of waiting for your, your friends to do something awesome, come and make some new friends. We go to Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Belize, Iceland, Bali, Machu Picchu, Rio de Janeiro, Ireland, all over the world. Come check us out. And we have a very special offer today for anyone who mentions the Live Different podcast with Under 30 Experiences. You'll receive $100 off your booking. So go and check out under30experiences.com today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Live Different Podcast. And today we have Carla Blumenthal, a friend of mine and Under 30 Experiences alum, who I have been trying to figure out how to describe in a bio, but it's just not going to work, Carla. I don't think (laughs) I can fit you into a box. Um, I want to talk to you about finding, you know, your passion and defining yourself and alignment and all of these things that we're probably just going to end up saying that they're all fallacies. None of them actually, none of them actually are true. Um, Carla, what's, uh, what's going on today? Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Can you, can you describe yourself to people? Isn't that the worst question when you get that one? Yeah, it's it's sort of hard because it's like, how can you put a human and all this energy into a couple sentences? But I will do my very best. Um, so right now, I am uh, the founder of an organization called T Plus Purpose, um, and we create tea gatherings for women in their 20s and 30s to connect uh, more deeply with themselves, but in community. So we'll get into all of that. Um, I am also a consultant consultant and a coach. Um, so I consult with mission-driven businesses uh, and foundations on their marketing strategy, as well as um, I recently just started coaching as well um, with a focus on empathy, actually. So we can dive into what all of that means uh, uh, during the podcast. Nice. Nice. That sounds good. And you're in, uh, you're in Brooklyn right now? I'm in Brooklyn in Williamsburg. It's 90 degrees, but I am still drinking my hot tea because that's that's what I do. <laughs> now, now with with tea plus purpose, are you allowed to drink cold tea? Um, we you can you can. We're actually having an iced tea party uh, very soon on Sunday, actually in Central Park. So we we allow for the iced tea, but for some reason, I always just go for the uh, the hot. Okay, and is T Plus Purpose women only, or it's primarily women? For the time being, it's women only. Um, that's sort of my sweet spot. I know uh, I know the ladies well, but um, but exploring ways on how to integrate men and talking about you know more masculine and feminine energies, and actually my coaching now mostly focuses on men. Uh, so there's a little bit of a a transition there, but that seems all of my guy friends have asked me, <laughs> how can I get involved? So I'm trying to figure huh. out another way. Okay. Yeah. I see where you're, uh, where you're going there. Yeah. You, you had mentioned that in an, in an email, um, in our email back and forth. Um, and 
yeah, how did that come about? Because last I knew, T, yeah, of course, T plus purpose is just for women. And probably if you just start doing things only for women, men are going to want to know what's going on <laughs> and beside uh, it behind those closed doors. And so people just started, people probably like me started asking you, well, well, what do you guys do? And, and, uh, yeah, what do these women know that, that I can't know or what should I know? Is that kind of how it started? Yeah, well, I guess I can start with how I came up with T plus purpose. Um, and we'll get into some of that. And really, I think the, the genesis of T plus purpose was that um, it started from a deep yearning in my soul to feel understood and connected. And I noticed those were driving motivators in not only just my personal life, but at the time I was working in marketing and advertising. Um, and I really felt that void, uh, in terms of understanding people and feeling understood myself. And so through a whole bunch of different events, um, which I spoke about recently, I gave a TEDx talk where I sort of talked through all of the things that happened and how everything came about. Um, I noticed that, uh, there was a desire in other women to not just go out to the bar or not just, you know, sort of do these artificial, superficial activities and events, um, but really be connected on a deeper level, a spiritual level, a level of personal development. Um, so I love tea and decided that it made sense to host these tea groups um, for women specifically because that's how I felt um, it would sort of create an open, uh, very comfortable environment to begin with um, and connect about these important topics uh, around fear, anxiety, shame, um, these things that it's really hard to talk with other people about um, and sort of give the environment for those conversations to happen and flourish. Um, so that's that's sort of how everything came about. And, uh, naturally a lot of my guy friends were, were interested, um, because, you know, so many women, uh, were, uh, you know, have come and, and continue to come. Um, so haven't, haven't dove completely into how to expand that to, to men yet, but that's when, um, I decided to open up coaching, uh, specifically for men who want to have, you know, stronger emotional connection and bonds and sort of similar topics that we talk about in T plus purpose. Um, and that's, you know, that's where I've opened up that practice and part of my, uh, you know, my career. Carl, I think this is, this is really cool. And, and, um, what comes to mind, of course, for me at first being a man is when you say things like fear and anxiety and shame and spirituality and we talk about being mission-driven, a lot of men, uh, 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 yeah, especially men and a lot of people in general just kind of think, oh, what is, what is that all, what does that all mean? And why, which is, which is clearly, which is clearly uh, a sign that the world needs more uh, safe places to talk about these things because a lot of men probably hearing this right now are saying, uh, well, I don't, I don't have any fear or shame or anxiety and I don't know mm. why I would want to talk about this in an open forum or even listen to the rest of this podcast because this is getting really fluffy right now. <laughs> what, what, 
could, could you, yeah, could you talk about these things and, and how yeah. you've seen a, a need for that? Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you know Brene Brown. Uh, she has a, a really powerful TED Talk called The Power of Vulnerability. I've, I think I've seen the, it's the TED Talk and she talks about how we're all, uh, we're all connected. Um, and she, she talks about how she goes to her therapist, but she's a very like straightforward psychologist. And she's yes. like, we're not talking about any of my stuff from my childhood. That's totally irrelevant yeah. right now. Okay. Yes. I've seen the yes. TED talk and I'll, I'll link all the stuff up, uh, in the show notes on under 30 CEO. I might even link to the things like Wikipedia on shame, because I think there are so yeah. many people out there that just have no clue what shame even is, or have never even considered they might have a shitload of it pent up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of these factors that we're talking about, fear, anxiety, shame, all of these things, they impact us daily in our subconscious, and we don't even recognize it. So we're actually making decisions and acting out our lives based off of stuff we don't aren't even aware of. And that's critical to understand. Um, because once we understand that, digest it, and can live from a place of awareness of understanding all of that, then we're able to make decisions that are actually more actionable, more effective um, for in our lives, in our businesses, in our relationships. Um, so going back to Brene Brown, and the reason I bring her up is because she had her TED Talk sort of, she had written several books, but really brought her work into the limelight. Um, she talks about vulnerability and how she said <laughs> before in her career, she actually entered into being a social worker, being um you know, interested in all this to avoid vulnerability because she's like, there's a science to everything. And, and, you know, I don't need to open up in that, in that way. And what she found doing hundreds and hundreds of interviews, um, around sort of shame. She researched a lot of shame, um, issues was that vulnerability is the birthplace of all, everything, all emotions, um, vulnerability within yourself and awareness within yourself and with, with others allows you to have those other emotions of, um, of, uh, joy, of, um, happiness, of grief, of fear. Um, so connecting to that place is actually, I, she's found, and, and I found in my own personal journey, the most effective thing to do for yourself because then you're almost bypassing and you're aware of all of those subconscious feelings, um, that you're actually making actions from. Okay. So when you have, uh, your T plus purpose meetups or you have a coaching client, to, um, man who wants to learn to be more empathetic, you're yeah. saying that the very first step is to be vulnerable yourself and express your feelings to other people so that uh, so that then people can feel a more human connection with you and say, oh, this person is just like me. He does have fears or he does have shame about things or he does have anxiety. Is that correct? It is, but it takes a while to get there. Okay. So um, what starts... Uh, 
how the journey begins with is actually connection to yourself. And that starts by actually recognizing how you feel about things in your life. Um, so I know it all, it sounds a little bit fluffy, but it actually is the most efficient way to recognize what works for you and what doesn't um, and how you want to design a life that works for you. Um, and I'm sure you've recognized this in your, in your own life, um, you know, recognizing how other people make you feel. If you want to work with this person, if you want to go on this trip, or if you want to, you know, work with this vendor, whoever it may be, um, understanding and connecting to yourself on that level is the starting point. So actually with my coaching clients, what I start with them uh, to do is actually logging all of their emotion. I call it the 919, 9 a.m. Um, I actually had them log every single hour, but that came a lot after a while. Um, but actually, in the very beginning, the sort of boot camp, like, okay, we're going to log at every hour how you're feeling at that on the hour um, and sort of the contributing factors to that. And you start to pick up once you start with this exercise. Um, how you're reacting to things, how um, people, projects, food, all of these different areas, aspects of your life are affecting how you feel. So then we turned it into the 919, where at 9 a.m. Um, they were sort of recapping their morning, 1 p.m. they were recapping uh, you know, sort of morning, early afternoon and 9 p.m. recapping the emotions from, from that afternoon. So uh, that is, is almost a month long process that we go through and we really start to analyze how all of those feelings, uh, even just by doing that exercise, you start to recognize that there's a lot of things that maybe you actually don't like, or maybe there's some things you do. And those are indicators on how to move forward and how to, um, uh, you know, how, how else to invest your time. Okay, so th this is really cool, and I like how you say uh, that I like the 919 method because it makes people check in with themselves. We had a, yeah. a really good friend uh, of mine and also U30X alum, Michael Jacobs. I'm not sure if you know him, but he came on the podcast, and he said, I asked him at the very end, which I'll probably, I will ask you too, is what's one actionable thing that you can do right now to get better at, at all of this that we talked about? And he said, ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? Yeah. And it was, it brought us back to the present moment, but it also brought us back to, to checking in with yourself. And it sounds like the very first step, what you're talking about is being vulnerable with yourself, allowing yeah. yourself to say, to, to experience, your, to feel your feelings, to, to understand what it is that you're going through and then, right, or, you know, whatever it is going on in your internal world. And then you can then look at your external world, as you said, with, okay, if I'm uh, in a business transaction and all of a sudden I'm getting sweaty palms because this person is sending me the wrong signals and I start to pick up on this guy's weird energy and I think something weird is happening, well, then I can, if, I'm, if I understand what's going on myself, then I can pick this up uh, in the external world. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And I think there's, there's that and it's also then recognizing 
the limitations you hold within yourself. So if you start to recognize maybe not so much on the outside world what's happening and how you're reacting that, but um, if you start to recognize, hmm, I seem to be fearful around this area of my business or how I want to grow as a person, and you, you recognize what fear or anxiety feels like in you, then you can say, wait a second, <laughs> this is an old internal system that's trying to keep me safe. Um, cause that's sometimes, you know, we all have heard of fight or flight. Um, that's sometimes what our body has, it has, it has been built for, and we just haven't necessarily caught up to it yet. Um, so we can recognize what fear and anxiety feels like inside of us and then say, you know what, that's a limiting belief, or that is something that my body's uh, trying to keep me safe by. So let me just say, thank you body for acknowledging that I'm fearful about this or that I have anxiety around this, but I'm going to go and do this anyway, instead of that just holding you back and not even recognizing it. No, that's, that's extremely important. And I like what you said um, about that it's a system and it's an old system that was built to keep you safe. And that's what in most spiritual circles or Buddhism or yoga or anything like that, would, they would call that your ego. Your ego is there to keep you, to be like this bubble around you so that nothing can hurt you and it keeps you from being vulnerable. And, you know, you can, you can sometimes see people or, or look at yourselves, you look at yourself and say, oh my God, I have tons of layers of conditioning from the outside world because when I went to kindergarten and public school people were mean and I had to protect myself and so I grew up all you know I grew up all of this uh these la- this these kind of layers of of protection this armor around you if if you will to keep yeah. myself from feeling that fear anxiety and shame and all of that stuff um d- yeah does that does that make sense yeah yeah and actually um uh, this is exactly what my the TEDx talk was about, um, because it was about um, it was called stepping into the discomfort. And the reason why I named it that is because I, I talk actually a very similar story about how you know there was I in I think third grade some girl uh, gave me a a friend and I, a best friend necklace and then said, Oh, this really, this necklace wasn't really for you. You're not, you're not cool. And, uh, way over it. But, um, but anyway, so it's, it, I think a lot of people can relate to that first experience when you're a kid of feeling that way. And that sort of, it may continue with you. It may not, but, um, yeah, you end up building an armor and my call to action really is to, recognize that you have to step out of that armor. You have to at some point. And if you actually want to feel fulfillment, if you want to, and I, in my mind, that's, that's success, which we can talk about. Um, but you have to recognize that you are wearing an armor and everyone is wearing their unique set of armor, um, built with their own unique, um, experiences and journey. And so if you learn to release aspects of that, then you're, you'll on your way to, I see it as personal success. Um, however you want to define that. Right. And like the classic example probably would be getting your heart broken. And if you've had, if you've experienced heartbreak before, which probably everyone listening has, 
<clears throat> when you're trying to recover from that, you're very guarded at first and you're very yeah. careful the next person who you start uh, to engage in a relationship with. And a lot of people never recover from that or never become vulnerable because they've had these terrible, tra you know, traumatic experiences and then they they say, oh, no, I can't. But as you said, your call to action is is stepping out of your armor and as what some people would probably say, it'd be living with an open heart. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. And I say step into that discomfort because the other point is, is that it will be uncomfortable and it will not feel that great. So it's, if you got your warning, like it's not going to feel great in the beginning. So sit in the discomfort for a while and feel it. And then you're able to slowly but surely move on from that. Um, but if you're going to try to avoid that art or avoid that discomfort the whole time, you're never going to get beyond it. I completely agree. I completely agree. Carla, and you said, you said something that was interesting earlier. You said the limitations that are holding you back. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that you were saying people's when, when people feel vulnerable, really, and tell me if I'm explaining this right, when you feel these limitations uh, or when you, when you aren't feeling vulnerable or when you're feeling these vulnerabilities, uh, then all of a sudden you're getting hung up on these limitations that are holding you back. Can you explain that a little bit better? Because there are people out there who are saying either I don't recognize my limitations or I do recognize my limitations and I want to be able to move past them. Sure. I mean, if we look at limitations, I mean, there's limitations that we, uh, we've had because we are all, um, you know, we have our own unique set of skill sets and, uh, our own unique set of experiences. So, uh, the way I see it is if we're, we're vulnerable and open, we recognize that, we we may have limitations that we can uh, we can I guess control because they're within ourselves. So versus limitations that are maybe outside of our own um, our own jurisdiction. So I always go under the the framework of the only thing I can control is myself. Um, I can't control maybe the limitations that are around me and how things I can, I can make an impact on that. Um, and I can do my best to, uh, shape how I want the world to look either for myself or for someone else, but, uh, or, you know, community at large, but I can only control my own actions. Um, so when it comes to then limitations within myself, that's where it actually begins. As we started the conversation in the beginning with our own awareness. Um, if we aren't aware of our, our ourselves, how we're feeling, how we're acting, what we're doing, then uh, we can't be aware of our own limitations and we can't be aware of the, our own opportunities. Um, so it starts there to begin with. Um, and then as, and that, that actually, that awareness does require some vulnerability. Um, and then the way I see, see sort of like strength and weaknesses as well, 
Um, actually, I had a conversation with Liz Flores uh, the other week, who's an under 30 uh, trip leader. We were talking about strengths and weaknesses and what that means. And for me, uh, strengths I see as these are the skill set that I naturally have that I believe, um, you know, I can contribute in the world versus weaknesses. It doesn't even make that much sense to focus on them as, as I grow, because that's not what I want to augment. I want to augment my strengths, um, and find, uh, build a business and find uh, projects and opportunities that will sort of grow those, those areas. Um, so not exactly talking so much about limitations, but just the, the concept around strengths and weaknesses. And um, I don't want to focus on my weaknesses. I want to focus on building those up. I want to focus on, on the strengths and how I can serve, how those can better serve the world around me. And if there's limitations around that, then I try to figure out you know, how, that, um, how I can expand and what resources, people, projects I need to engage with so that those strengths continue to grow. Okay, there are several different things. I can't even think of what to ask. I know. Because this, <laughs> there's, there's, a a, there's a million different ways that we could, could go. I definitely want to get back to uh, what you're talking about, about how to just look at your strengths and then focus on those, because I think, I think that's very important. Um, but first, I, I just want to kind of drive home the point for people about how important it is to just... As I, as I say to myself, look at your shit and yeah. what is, what's going on in every part of you. And that means in your body, in yeah. your mind, in your subconscious, you know, your 919 check-in is, it is a really, really good start, right? As if yeah. what, what's going on at nine? In the morning, how am I feeling? What's going on at 1 o'clock in the afternoon? How am I feeling? What's going on at 9 p.m.? And how am I feeling? And then you can start to analyze that. Okay, why am I feeling this way at this time? Mm -hmm. And it could be, oh, because uh, I had this interaction with this person. And maybe I'm not completely in alignment here at this job um, at, that I'm feeling anxiety to go to every morning at 9 a.m. Or, oh, 1 o'clock, I'm feeling a little weird because... It's coming around lunchtime, and I didn't eat very much breakfast, and now I'm starting to crash, and I have a weird thing with food going on right now, and I need to, you know, I have certain feelings around food, as you said, or there could be a million things, and then when you, when you kind of go past that, um, at least once you start to, you can then start to do this all of the time. And you can yeah. literally, you'll literally be aware of your emotions and your feelings all the time and just your thoughts before because your emotions are your, your body's response to what your mind is telling you. But yeah. then once you start to get control of your mind, whether it's through meditation or whether it's through yoga or just mindfulness in general where a thought pops in your head and you say, Wait a second. Why did I think that? Where did that come from? Was that uh, was that my mom's voice in my head from when I was a little kid? Is this a learned action that, or is this a learned thing? Um, who put these thoughts about money or food or or whatever in my head? Or why am I having this emotion? Is this something that maybe came from my dad because I didn't know how to 
get rid of these things in myself. So I just looked around and saw how other people dealt with them and learned that way. And once you become really, really aware of all of that, then you can you can kind of get rid of that because it's it's stuck in you somewhere and it is creating a limitation for you some, somewhere. Would you, would you agree with all that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think it actually doing your 919 and your check-ins um, be, makes you a more efficient person because you're not staying. You recognize what makes you feel good or bad to keep it in simple terms. And you don't stay in the, the bad part, the bad emotions longer because you're, you recognize it. You say, this relationship, this job, this, uh, you know, person is not making me feel good, this food. Um, and so I need to decrease my engagement with that and increase the other areas of my life that give me the good range of emotions. So it makes you more efficient. A hundred percent. And I love the, I love the efficiency because this can, this can kind of hammer it back into all the type A personalities that are probably listening, saying, what are these, what are these two hippies talking about here, talking about their feelings? I don't have time to talk about my feelings. You know, I have work to do. Well, it's good. You know, there are things in your subconscious that are, are holding it back, holding you back, whether you like it or not. And, but just as that food example, if you're talking about what am I going to eat for lunch and why am I feeling this way? Well, check in with your body or we were talking before, uh, it's mid afternoon when we're having this conversation and that's a low point. We talked about how we both from three to 6 PM, it's not a very efficient part of the day. I don't think it's very efficient for anybody. Uh, Maybe some people do well. But, hey, that might have to do with, all right, you've been worn down from all morning and afternoon of working or certain, uh, certain foods are starting to settle in or there's lots of theories uh, on why this part of the day is not very productive. Um, but the other thing that's not productive or efficient is being pissed off and angry all the time or having fear or anxiety or shame that is holding you back because then you can't step into your fullest potential. Yeah, exactly. And so you being aware of that will help you um, make that transition to, you know, something else you want to do. This is uh, this is really good, Carla. I'm glad I'm glad you're. <laughs> I am glad you are enlightening everybody on this uh, on this topic <laughs> because it's hard. And I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. Um, Actually, I want to ask you kind of about stepping out of that armor and what some steps are for people who want to be more empathetic because empathy is, to be honest with you, empathy is something that I struggle with um, because sometimes I look around the world and because I've done a lot of work in this area, I'm talking about work within myself and I've, I've labeled, you know, when thoughts pop into my head, I label them and I say, oh, who did this come from? Why am I thinking like this? Or mm-hmm. I, it, thoughts come into my head um, and, you know, I've been b- very good at, at starting to observe, uh, observe them and not letting, you know, I don't have the mood swings and emotions and stuff that, that I once had. And so I've been able to work this kind of thing or, or I've been able to turn off my flight or fight response much better than I have in the past. But I still struggle with empathy because, you know, it's hard sometimes when now I'm dealing with someone who has not done this work. And sometimes I just, I just want to say, man, you gotta, 
you got to work on this a little bit because how you are projecting yourself right now, whatever you're saying that's, <laughs> that is uh, inconveniencing everyone around you, whatever the situation is, that's because there's something going on with you. And I do yeah. feel empathy for that. And I, I always say, all right, well, this is clearly someone who's not well right now. Um, but how can people become more empathetic and just have a little bit more compassion for, for the people around them? Yeah. So this, uh, you know, I have this, this program, uh, that I've worked on with some, some men. Um, it's actually a three month process where we go through. And I think we, you know, the first month is all about connection to self, basically what we've talked about so far, just recognizing your emotions, because the theory is that you can't actually, uh, or it'd be very hard to connect with another person's emotion if you can't connect to the emotion they're having within yourself. Um, so that's the first step. The next, so doing your 919, I guess, is, is the first step in recognizing all the different emotions you have. There's several apps, actually, that you can use. One is called Mood Meter um, that you can download, and it just logs. I mean, a lot of people just use, uh, oh, I'm happy, or I'm sad, or I feel guilty, like very general terms. Uh, but this app mood meter, you can plot all your different emotions. I'm looking at it now. There's cheerful, lively, miserable, sad, disheartened. So that's step one. Oh, okay. Um, Let, can we give an example of that one? So if I encounter someone or if I have a relationship with someone, for example, who has a certain emotion, um, like let's just say sadness. And I say, why is this person so sad? all of yeah. the time. I just can't recognize that. You're saying it's because it's a reflection or, or it's maybe a reflection of myself and I actually can't feel sadness inside myself. Is that a fair so, assumption? Well, here's what it is. Empathy doesn't necessarily mean you need to agree with the person. This is a big concept. Being empathetic doesn't mean you agree with the content of what the person is sharing with you. Okay, that's great. And that's great news because that would be very difficult to do. Yes. Yes, it would be really hard, right? Because, I, I mean, I think you and I are generally pretty light people and, and I don't always understand when someone's complaining about something that is so inconsequential. But yes. So that, that actually frustrates me. But what I recognize is... I can align, and I don't always have to, but if I want to connect with that person empathetically, I don't need to uh, agree with the content. So there's a difference between the content and the nonverbals and how they're expressing it, the nonverbals and their emotions. So I, if I recognize, okay, this is a friend, I really want to help them or, um, you know, be there for them or, you know, a business partner, whomever I say, okay, one, I look at what their, their emotion is. And I recognize that within myself. Okay. This person is sad. Um, all right. I, I align with what's happening. Um, so first is saying what the other person is, how, what the other person is expressing to you. Um, two is, uh, really just connecting to that emotion within yourself. So this person is sad. I recall a time in my life when I have felt similarly. Um, so what, I, what I've done with my clients then is we've actually outlined stories 
in their life of when they have felt these particular emotions. So they can recall a time, okay, yes, I, you know, I recall when I felt grief or I felt cheerful or I felt relaxed. So that when step three, you can actually, you've recognized the emotion, you recognize what that feels like. So you're disengaging from the content and you're connecting to the feeling. And then the last point is that you're not trying to fix them necessarily. That's oftentimes what people don't necessarily want. They just want other people to hear them out. And if they want advice, they can ask for advice or you can say, do you want to be heard? You know, do you want just to tell me about this or do you want my opinion? That's an important, um, distinction. Um, but most of the time people just want to be heard. Um, and so then the step is sharing a a story as it relates to, you know, maybe your own life or how you can connect with what they're, um, the emotion they're sharing with you. So three steps is recognizing the emotion. Step two is like, and disengaging from the, uh, the, con- the content of it. Um, two is connecting to what that emotion is within you. And three is either asking, do they want the, an opinion or, um, or do, do they want advice or do, you know, do you just want to be heard right now? And then sharing a story as it relates to that emotion. Wow. I, I love that, Carla. And I'm, I'm glad that you put in the the third point about that you're supposed to be there to listen to this person this per, your this person is not there uh, for you to fix because a the only person that can do that is themselves yeah but also is it's not about you it's not about you being the hero here and say you know and saving uh, that person it's not about you patting yourself on the back at the end of the day to say I really made that person feel better today. That's not the point. The point is that that person feels better on their own. And sometimes all they need is a helpful ear or for you to say, Hey, let's go, let's go for a walk or let's go and and do this. But as a, Hey, if you would like to do this, how can I be most helpful? Because otherwise you're trying to be the hero and what you're doing is just feeding your own you're feeding your own ego. You're just trying to make yourself feel better about yourself because you're helping people. And that's, yeah, again, that's not the point at all. Yeah. And true empathy is not, um, trying to fix or trying to, you know, quickly make everything better, um, or by, you know, providing an immediate solution sometimes if that's what is needed. But most of the time, uh, People just want to be heard and seen, and um, you know, then uh, you know, a choice can be made whether there's like a collaboration on how to how to move forward in terms of a solution or fixing something. But most of the time, it's just that space. Uh, so. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I, but and I also think that it's a lot about um, it, it's a lot about just when people are acting out or they're stomping their feet or slamming doors or anything that's a very outward call for attention, that's what this person clearly is in need of. And that's when you can go through those steps and say, okay, 
how was I, fit? you know, when's the time, when's, when's the time that I slammed a door? I've slammed yeah. plenty of doors in my, in my lifetime. Well, that's yeah. because I was trying to be heard and that's literally, you know, sl- slamming the door is literally so it makes a loud noise and that people can hear or screaming, right? Screaming is a better example. Yeah. If, somebody's yelling at you, well, they clearly need to be heard. And sometimes the best thing that you can do is just uh, try to keep your cool and tell this person you understand. You under- or, or, yeah, you understand, hey, I'm here to listen. You don't have to yell. Uh, I can't fix you, but what do you, what do you need? Let's talk this out like civil yeah. adults. Yeah, exactly. Huh. This is uh this is this is good stuff, Carla. I, yeah. I I appreciate that. I appreciate this. Good. How, how I, did you how did you decide that you wanted to start going down this path? Or where where was it that you said, you know what, I need to uh to put in lamest terms like I said before, look at your shit. Yeah. Uh, good. Um well, I guess I, I had my armor on for so long. Um, I moved to New York when I was 23 and worked in these, you know, pretty fast-paced marketing and advertising jobs. Um, and I was let go from my job um, December 2013. So within three months, I had broken up with a boyfriend, had bed bugs in my apartment, and lost my job. So won't New York just (laughs) chew you up and spit you out sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. She, she gets a little crazy sometimes. Uh So, um, so what I was really, but I knew at the very end of all that, I said, all right, you know what? This sucks. I, this feeling is terrible, but I'm going to, I really just like sat in the silence. And, you know, I would, I would go off. I allowed myself to like, I'm like, I'm not going to get another job. I'm going to freelance. I'm, and you know, I had one client to like sustain my life, um, was, you know, barely breaking even and was just like, I'm going to just, just like sit in this because there's so much build up. I, I felt it. I felt all of those three things happening so quickly. I just, could feel all, everything that wanted to be, um, I don't know, all the awarenesses that I needed to build within me uh, were just screaming at me. And I think for a lot of people, it actually, it never reaches that point where the it, your body is screaming at you. And, and sometimes they, they are, um, they do get, reach that point. But I think there's, that's why I'm such an advocate for actually preventing that from happening. Cause I stayed in a job too long that I needed that I, I, you know, didn't need to. Um, and, and it caused just this massive uproar in my life. And so that's why I am such a big proponent of check in now, cause you're going to be more efficient <laughs> and avoid a lot of pain in your life. Um, across all areas of your life with health, with relationships, with, um, your, your career, if you check in. Um, so yeah, so my journey just sort of started from that. And that's right around the time when I was building T plus purpose. Uh, and I think there was a subconscious thing in me. I started it maybe four months before I lost my job where I was like, I need a place, uh, to really connect with other people authentically. Cause, um, that was just, sort of screaming in my life, um, as a need. So, 
so that's where it started. And I've, um, I consider myself a multi hyphenate where I'm, um, you know, doing a little bit of marketing consulting and doing, um, uh, you know, coaching now and, and T plus purpose. So, uh, but just a bunch of different things to really explore all areas of my life from that, that uproar. I noticed that I, I wanted to be more into, I wanted to be involved in mental health. I wanted to be involved in girls and women's issues. I wanted to just create a world that was more compassionate and empathetic and realized I didn't have to choose one particular job or one particular, um, um, you know, type lifestyle, basically, I wanted to live a life that was uh, in alignment with who I am. And that's sort of evolving every day. But it's, um, I, because I'm able to check in with myself and have built that awareness and capacity in me, I, um, and want to do so for others, you know, I'm able to be pretty efficient with what I want to work on and where I want to be. That's awesome, Carl. I'm I'm really happy to hear that your check-ins have now created that extra efficiency. Like the the word to use your word, it's created that efficiency, and it's uh, it, it's driven you forward. I guess to kind of to move the the conversation forward, so people know what their homework is definitely going to be. Check in <laughs> check in with themselves. Um, but now going forward, you talked about, you know, we, we kind of brought this up or joked about it uh, at the beginning about how we're going to tell people how to find their passion and be in alignment. And so often that is, those are really fluffy things. And, mm-hmm. and right now it sounds like you're figuring out what, what you're going to, what you're going to work on, or there's many things that you like, and it's hard to pinpoint one. Oh, this is my passion. Uh, this is what's gonna uh, really get me out of bed every morning. Sometimes it's it's a variety of things. Yeah, yeah, and I think what's been helpful for me because I, I you know, I used to read years ago all the blog posts, all the books about finding your passion, and I would get frustrated, like. I don't know exactly. I can't put my passion in one sentence. I don't know exactly what it is. I know I'm a passionate person. I'm an entrepreneurial person. I, I like these things, but I can't name exactly what my passion is. So I get, there's a lot of frustration around that and it actually sort of shut me down from then exploring. (laughs) And that's the point is to explore. So what I've done is for myself, I've built sort of this larger mission statement, which is it allows me to expand instead of shrink. And that mission statement is um, I want to create a, a more empathetic world, basically. Um, and I, I develop tools and frameworks and projects um, to fulfill creating a more empathetic, open, connected world. And that's pretty vague and open, but what I then do is I say, okay, I, you know, a new project comes in or someone comes in, you know, that wants to do coaching or, um, you know, uh, even, even just, uh, like even saying like going out, like someone asks me to come out at, you know, 1am and like, am I going to, all of those things, it's like, okay, is that going to fuel, um, the empathy, fuel empathy and connection, um, in the world and then within myself. And so by having a larger mission statement and aligning with that versus aligning with here's my passion area, or this is exactly my passion. 
then I can sort of, as I'm growing, I'm still growing and building skill sets. I can fit in projects that I feel align with that um, versus, and that allows me to expand instead of feel like, oh, this is my one passion. And that feels very small to me, even though you may be passionate about it. It just feels like it's not as open. So that's my been my path is finding that mission statement. And that's a really powerful tool that you brought up and a really important concept that what you did was you checked in with yourself and someone asked you to come out late and go somewhere and you're going to look at your mission and you're going to check in and you're going to say, does what this person is asking me to do align with my values? Or is there something, is there a greater purpose here that I would be serving? Is this going to be a good investment of time and money? Because going out at that hour is going to cost both of those things. And is this is this going to get me closer to my to my goal? Is this going to be uh, is this going to propel me forward? And it all it all happens just with a simple check in of yourself with yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and uh, yeah, I think there's the, the other concept of feeling expansive versus shrinking. Like, is what I'm about to do, or the project I'm about to take on, or the client, or the person, or whatever it may be. Does this feel like I'm growing or does it feel like I'm, I need to fit myself in somewhere or that I'm, I'm just fulfilling one particular area? Um, we're always, I, I very much like to have the mindset of, mindset of, you know, having a growth and learning mindset versus feeling uh, small. And that's been big to me is, 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 is asking myself the question, is this expansive for me? No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's something that I struggle with because as you grow and as you expand and as you get more aligned with your purpose and as you check in with yourself and you realize why you do the things that you do every day, I struggle with this because then, you know, an old buddy wants to catch up and go drink uh, a half a dozen beers before 8 p.m. And, yeah. <laughs> and hang, you know, like the old days. And actually, so I'm going to San Francisco this this weekend and I'm hanging with my college roommates. Um, we, we get together every year and we go to a ball game and... Uh, I'm a little bit nervous. Actually, I used to be more, the last couple of years. I think I was more nervous, or maybe last year I was more nervous. They've kind of, they, they've kind of come, uh, they've kind of come to accept that. All right, I'm not going to throw down like I used to over this weekend and and feel like shit for the next week. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and, yeah. But it's hey, is this opportunity to go and reconnect with my old friends? Uh, or or these people are still my friends, but is this opportunity going to help me grow or why am I still hanging on to these Mm. relationships? Are the people in my life growing at the same rate as I am? And um, sometimes I feel like, oh, okay, Uh, you know, time is so, well, first of all, time is so scarce or time is so finite. how is this the best use of these this long weekend and you know while i think it's really really important to to kick back and to remember where you came from and all of that a lot of times it's it's like okay we got to uh there's other things that i could be doing with my time right now and is this a good is this a good investment 
Yeah, dude, I've so struggled with this exact thing. It's like you want to love, if you know, you've grown a little bit, you want to love your friends who maybe haven't had that or seen that growth yet. Um, and yet, you know, it's, it's a question of time and resources. And, and so the best, I've only had a framework and it's just been like, I love these people for who they are. They don't need to be wherever I am, but I still show them empathy and love. Um, so, but yeah, then it comes a question of like, how much time are you investing and in resources in them? But yeah, that's, that's been, um, a challenge I've felt as well. Yeah. And, and um, again, my, my, to bring up my friend, Michael Jacobs, I asked him about this one time and he said, it's a, always a really good reminder of where you have come from or sometimes you know when you look at actions of people when you when you look at actions of of people who you were once close with or you're still close with but they they trigger you they piss you off they whatever they make you uncomfortable it's a really good reminder of hey you know, this is, this is why that, this is why this is triggering you because you used to be just like this. And this is a great reminder, uh, that I'm going to have to pace for for example, pace myself while drinking this weekend, because, okay, that's going to, I'm going to look around and be like, oh man, why is my overweight college roommate <laughs> chugging his knife beer? Yeah. right now right but yeah guess who used to be able to chug his knife bear right with these guys and that was that was me and so of course uh it's an excellent reminder to to it's almost a, a little bit of an ego check yeah and it's um i had a thought and then i just lost it uh oh it's also i mean showing maybe people don't some of your old friends don't really necessarily have an example like you or, you know, aren't reading the same things, aren't involved in the same things that you're doing. And so just by being there, it's sort of, I don't know if example is the right word, but it's a different, it's showcasing a different way. Um, so yeah, it, it, that's. No, I, I completely agree. And I try to live every day, um, as a good example, like I have a little brother, I have two younger brothers and a younger sister, and so I try to live uh, as an example, and, and I always have, um, you know, I always have, and, and it can be for anybody in the world, just simple yeah. acts of kindness, like holding the door for somebody. Yeah, I want everybody to hold doors for <laughs> each other out there, so I better start doing this myself and just kind of, um, having your presence, uh, being around other people. And if you're very mindful about what you're doing, uh, with your time and yeah, with what you're, what you're doing uh, at every second, it's hard. Actually, I've been kind of turned on to, I've been very turned on to this concept lately that when you're fully conscious of your actions, of your emotions, of your thoughts, of your mm -hmm. words, etc., then you can't physically, you can't physically harm yourself. So you know you could use the example of smoking, and you know I've I've never smoked, but if you were to sit there and be fully conscious as a smoker and watch that disgusting, you know, disgusting uh, 
formaldehyde and all these <laughs> nasty chemicals that are yeah. put into cigarettes. If you are actually conscious enough to step outside of yourself, watch that go in to your body and pollute your lungs and go into your bloodstream and see that it's just a uh, it's just something that you're doing to make yourself good feel good at the current moment and it's mm-hmm. actually you're actually killing yourself you can't consciously kill yourself you know yeah. by by smoking you can't consciously do it and sit there and damage yourself if you are truly truly aware of what's going on in your body in your mind because you're just going to see them like okay now I, I i just can't do this you know past the water or i don't know you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. All right, that's this is another thing i i so align with that um the the other thing is the concept of sort of i mean around meditation as well but like sitting in the silence and whether it's meditation or you know however you sort of have a meditative practice it is so hard and it is incredibly uncomfortable because and, and for my just personally. Um, I mean, I found my, my vice is definitely my phone and technology and sort of just sort of that steady stream of stuff because I don't want to let myself sit in that silence and that uncomfortableness because then I'm going to have to look at my shit and that's not fun. You know, I'm going to have to constantly be like, Oh, I don't like this or I do, you know? And so I try not to that's what my main areas is like distractions. And, um, so I've really been having a lot of awareness and a practice around trying to, uh, not be so enthralled by, um, distraction of technology, which is so hard. Yes. And, uh, this is a concept and we're, we'll have to wrap things up in a, a few minutes. And I want to talk about humility with you in a, in a second, because, Again, it's tough once you practice these things to really be be uh, carry yourself with a, a sense of humility, and I'm sure it'll link back to empathy. I'm sure you'll be able to get me there. But to, um, with the stuff like cell phones, I mean, I cannot stress enough how actually how great uh, greatly my life has been impacted by turning off all push notifications. By mm-hmm. by not turning my phone off of airplane mode uh, for the first couple hours when I wake up and only doing what's most important to me before I ever go into my email, before I ever go into my Facebook, before I ever schedule the tweets for the next couple days. And I mean, that has made such a dramatic impact on me. And, and yeah, actually, our, our under 30 staff often is like, come on, man, like, we got to get a hold of you sometimes, but there are also, but I also have to be able to get a hold of myself all the the time, you know, so, and if I can't get a hold of myself, then I'm sure as hell not going to be able to help whatever emergency in the jungle is going on, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, I commend you, you're probably the, the, farthest along of any of my friends I've talked to in doing that um it's it's hard uh, to sort of airplane mode I've been trying that that's that's the key I've I've heard from from some people a- airplane mode is huge turning it off is even more powerful yeah. um, that's I, I'm not there yet but uh actually going I used to have cell phone free Saturdays that was pretty fun mm-hmm. 
and also just traveling when you just internationally when you just don't have cell phone service and nobody can get a hold of you and then no problems arise because they don't send the problems your way and uh and and 90 percent of the time 99 percent of the time i think there's nothing you can do about it anyway and people then become empowered to to figure out the things for themselves yeah but yeah the traveling internationally that's or just going like i said to the jungle where there's no cell phone service and you you reconnect with with okay this is what life is supposed to be like um I highly, I highly recommend it, Carla. Yeah, well, I went to Nicaragua and had a great time, so I know yeah. what that's like. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Exactly, exactly. Um, okay, I do want to ask you about humility, and then we can leave people with a, something actionable, and uh, I, can, I can let you go enjoy Brooklyn on this nice, warm, uh, sun, or su- nice, warm summer day. Um, yeah. When you're practicing all of this stuff, right, it's really hard to, for me, I'm very conscious that I don't want to be uh, holier than thou. And Mm -hmm. even just hearing that expression makes me cringe a little bit because I'm sure that there were times in my life that I was. And so I'm really, really trying to be as conscious as I can at leading by example, right, or or um, my diet is a perfect example. I come home and I have to go to Whole Foods and buy a bunch of good foods and bring them home for, to, to my family so that I have food to eat, but I try to share them with everybody else and I try to make food for, for other people. Or, But uh, I think I used this as an example on a, on another podcast. You know, it'll be dinner time, or sorry, it'll be dessert, right? And I'll have like, oh, I'll, or we'll go out and I'll, we'll have dessert, and I'll be like, oh, well, I'll have the mixed berries, please. And everybody like rolls their eyes and they're like, oh, you fucking asshole! Like, oh, can't you just eat a chocolate brownie like the rest of us? You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. and maybe they don't use those words, but sometimes that sometimes they do, where they make fun of me or whatever. But yeah. I try to carry myself with as much humility and as much vulnerability as, as possible and be empathetic to, uh, to that. But sometimes, honestly, Carla, I just can't eat things that are bad for me if I'm as conscious as possible and know like, oh, man, this is totally spiking my, you know, my uh, glycemic levels, you know, because I, I literally have trained myself to think like that. And it sounds insane and it sounds over the top and it probably is but how can I how can I and anybody else who struggles with this be as empathetic as possible yeah 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 well I think it goes back to the concept of fixing like you're living your life and you are you know you're heading in a certain direction you're evolving and that doesn't mean everyone is living their own lives and that doesn't mean that we need to someone needs to go fix other people. You can provide uh, of an example, a framework, um, but you know, you're, you're on your own journey and so is everyone else. And so the people who actually want to make a change, if they want to, or if they don't, that's fine. Everything it's, it's fine. However, you know, these other, anyone else wants to live. Um, it's just, how can, 
you know, it, it, there becomes an issue when it's, it has to be a certain way um, when outside of yourself, when other people have to live a certain way. Um, and, you know, there's a, a fixing mentality uh, then versus like setting the example and, and living from there. Yeah. And, and you know what, when it comes down to it, a lot of times people lash out in those types of situations because they have their own insecurities and uh, I'm just thinking, so uh, I'm, when I'm going to, uh, I'm going to see all my college roommates. Well, one of them came to visit me in Paris and he was on a, I was on the gluten free uh, I mean, I just, I just don't eat gluten and baguettes and, and all of that. I just try to keep the, keep the carbs low or what, whatever. Right. And I'm not going to preach about it to, to everybody. I might mention it on the podcast because I think it's a damn good idea and it's made me feel better. But my, my roommate came, my roommate from college, my old buddy came to visit me in Paris and he was on the gluten only diet. And he's like, you know what? I'm so stubborn that, and he, he verbally said this to me, you know, we were joking around about it. And he's like, no, you know what? I'm going to eat all of the gluten that you don't eat out here. And uh, he had a field day and I'm see, going to see the same buddy. So I'm sure it's going to be a battle, but uh, yeah, yeah. the, uh, the struggle is real, Carla Blumenthal. Yeah. Well, everyone, the way I see it is if you're, if you're growing, if you're expanding instead of shrinking and you're on your way. This, this is awesome. Um, can you leave everybody with one final, what's the most important thing that they can possibly do if they want to grow and expand both personally and professionally? Tough question, I, I know. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is. But I think, you know, it already is a little bit clear from our conversation that it's, it is uh, that check-in with yourself um, because that's honestly the only way you're going to measure your own success and your own, how you want to design your life. And we all are always designing our own life. So I think that 919 is a good place to start. Um, is just checking in 9 a.m., 1 p.m., 9 p.m., and looking across your mind, your body, if you're already there, your spirit, um, and making changes from there. Sounds like a plan, Carla. Where can everybody find out? uh, Where can everybody keep in touch with you? Yeah. So... I'm all over the web. Uh, if you are interested in T plus purpose, it's uh, the word T, the word plus, and then purpose uh, dot com. Also, carlablumenthal.com uh, just will connect you to all my social media platforms. So come hang out. Say hi. Carla, sounds good. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. Yeah, thank you. Hey, did you enjoy today's episode? If you did, I have a quick favor for you to ask. We are trying to spread the live different mentality, the mission right now, so other people can take advantage of all the stuff that you just got to hear about. If you could go to iTunes and leave a review and a rating, this will help us get on the iTunes new and noteworthy list. And that way, a bunch more people can hear about what we do over here at the Live Different podcast. So I really appreciate it. If you want to share it, please do. Give it to a friend in need. That is what we want to do, and uh, keep doing good stuff. I appreciate it. Thanks.